what's going to be? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, the podcast inspiring young rock and metal fans to discover new music, fueling their desire to connect and feel accepted. Oh yeah, that's the tagline we're going with right now, and I hope you guys like it. Welcome to the show, everybody. Happy Thursday. We are rolling through 2023 already with great music, great bands, and great everything. We've got another great one for you today out of Reno, Nevada. Yeah, if you like metalcore, you like some good stuff, you're going to like this one. Oh yeah. So before we jump into it, I want to thank our sponsor for the podcast, which of course is Phoenix Fitness. So literally, after I'm done recording this episode... I'm jumping to a mosh pit because I loved me to do that stuff. And, you know, I got to say mosh pit fit. So how do I say mosh pit fit? You know, so I can go into those mosh pits from the first band all the way to the last band and not miss out on anything because, man, I love those mosh pits. So I go to the gym all the time, constantly focusing on cardio, constantly lifting weights. I am going full in on this stuff because those are my fitness goals. You might have different fitness goals or you just want to be mosh pit fit like me. Hell yeah. So we do all that stuff, but we need to make sure that we're preparing right and recovering right so that we can work out as much as we want, achieve those fitness goals, and stay mosh pit fit. So that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. With Phoenix Fitness, they have many different supplements and products to help you stay mosh pit fit. So how do they do that? They have their pre-workouts, both stim and sim-free. I use the sim-free stuff because, come on, if I'm this energetic, yeah, yeah, I don't need any more caffeine. B supplement recovery compounds help you absorb nutrients after your workout. Creatine up your build muscle, different types of proteins, collagen proteins, plant-based proteins, whey proteins. I use their whey protein chocolate malt flavor because that's just what I like. Um, different multivitamins, literally anything you might need to help achieve your fitness goals and say, Mosh Pit Fit, Phoenix Fitness has for you. Our listeners get 20% off using code CPP20 at FXFit.com. We should another podcast. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Also, you're going to start noticing during these podcasts, if you're watching on uh, video, I'm wearing a Rise Against shirt. You guys know Rise Against my favorite band. I've got plenty of these. We're wearing Rise Against shirts all the time until that great moment where we get Tim McElrath on the podcast. It's going to happen. We're just going to, you know, have it be a reminder. We have Stan from the band Preacher out of Reno, Nevada on the podcast today. I'm just going to stop talking. Let's just get into it. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast, you know we love to bring you all sorts of new music that either is sent to us, we find, however it happens. And this one, ooh, let me tell you, we found a good one. You like metalcore? Well, you know we do. I mean, it's it's pretty impossible not to know that at this point with how much we've talked about, how many different metalcore bands we've had on the podcast, and we're just going to add another good one of the mix at right now. This band out of Reno, Nevada. Yeah, we're coming to you from Nevada. Yeah, had to add that in there. Their brand new song, Dystopia, will drop on February 17th. But by the time this episode comes out, it'll be available for you to go and check out. So go and check it out and go get in this band after you're done with this interview. So please, please welcome away from Nevada, Stan from the band Preacher to the podcast. So Stan, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for getting us on. This is awesome. Happy to have you on, man. As we know, we're basically pretty much one month, almost like one and a half months through 2023, which seems nuts already to say. How has everything been going on your end? How has it been going with the band? Like, how is everything going, man? That's pretty much it. It's great, man. Um, The year started off real strong. We did a little show in Bishop, California, which was really awesome. Um, And then we followed up that by playing the Whiskey A Go-Go in Hollywood. So... It's it's going, man. We're we've got a bunch on the table. Um, it, we're it's going to be a really busy year. It's looking like it's probably going to be two or three times as busy as the last one. 
So we're pumped. Isn't that what you want, though, to, especially as a band? It's, you know, every year you're taking those next steps to being, it's like, yeah, we're getting busier as a band. We're getting busier. Every year it's getting even more crazy. But the fact of the matter is if it's getting more crazy, that means that more people are into the band, more people want to see the band, more people want to listen to your music, buy your merch, all that kind of stuff. So it adds vindication to what you're doing. Absolutely. And, it, you know, the response so far has been fantastic. Um, we're seeing bigger crowds in other places, too, which is even cooler. And we're finding that people are knowing our music. And, you know, we're not like a massive band or anything. So to be able to go to three, four states away, sometimes even all the way across the United States and people came because they knew you, that's absolutely insane to me. Oh, we will definitely dive in that. The first thing I want to talk about is every time I hear a band play the Whiskey Go-Go, given its history, given its prominence, especially when it comes to anything within rock and metal, I'm always curious to see how that went, especially from any band that's ever played there. So was that your first time playing there? And if it wasn't, you know, no matter what, how did it all turn out? How did it go, especially playing at such a historic venue? So it's, it's pretty interesting, actually. So me and Nate, the front man, and um, the guitar player, Chris, we were in a band before this uh, about 10 years ago and we were nationally touring and all that. And we actually played there then. So it was really interesting to see, like to go back and do it again, 10 years later And our drummer, Alan, he's never played it. So it was an experience for him too. And just getting to see it again, getting to go into that green room and see all the, all the pictures and all the history. There's, you know, there's pictures of all those famous bands, guns and roses, um, Aerosmith, like, bands like that they've got autographed pictures and it just there's a certain energy about that place you know when you get in there it's like man like they did it here and just being there is just something special oh yeah and every time i see even like some bands i think maybe green day might have done something like that where they did just like one night there randomly just as a fun kind of thing and it always adds the prominence of that venue where you have so many bands and so much history in there. So when any band gets to play there, there's always this added oomph to it. It's, you know, you were good enough to play the Whiskey A Go-Go at some point in time. And it just also adds the prominence of whenever you're able to tour, go out further. It's, well, you know, what have you done? What have you played? Well, we played the Whiskey A Go-Go. We played this. It's going to have a, it's going to have a, you know, a stock in people's minds and people's memories, especially for any other venue sense where, Say you're playing a venue in like Oklahoma, all of a sudden, well, they're able to play the Whiskey A Go-Go, so they have to have some sort of ability to draw people in that maybe, you know, we didn't see right at first. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was a blast. Um, The sound there is phenomenal. The sound guys, just absolutely incredible. Like, you're on stage sound, the sound that the the audience is hearing, just being there. Um, You know, we had some really good friends show up and come watch the show, and yeah, it was, it was just one of those nights, man. Like one of those nights you'll never forget, really. That means I have to get out to the Whiskey A Go-Go at some point because I have never been out there, but that's what happens when you live in the Midwest, man. It's like, hey, you hear all those historic venues like on the East Coast, on the West Coast, and it's just can't really get out there as fat, as, as well as possible. So I got to stick with, you know, <laughs> I got to stick with my area until, you know, more money starts rolling in for me to start traveling around and be like, I can see this band at this crazy-ass venue that has all this history behind it. I want to go do that or all any band I've had in the podcast and be the crazy dude in the pit that's just throwing down and everyone's wondering who the hell did this guy, this guy just showing up. up. Well, that makes sense. It's Kevin. And I'm just like, Hey guys. <laughs> and where are you based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Okay. 
I want to say I want to say we drove through there on our way back from tour this last year, but I, I don't recall for sure. I'll say it's kind of one of those blurry nights. <laughs> yeah, I'll say if you probably I'm not if you probably drove through anywhere. I mean, you probably just like you got to Chicago and then just probably kept heading west if you came up this way, just based on you know. With Milwaukee, it's we're right along Lake Michigan, so you have to go like ninety miles north of Chicago. Unless you guys decide like to go take a massive detour and like want to come here and get some beer and then go to Minnesota or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much a straight shot. I think I think we went through Wisconsin. I'm not exactly sure what city, but it's quite possible. But that was from tour last year. Did that also include the uh, the spot at Blue Ridge 2022. It did. Okay, that so was, that was a whole nother beast. <laughs> l- let's dive into that as well because I've had multiple bands on that you know I love to hear the stories about when it comes to festivals. And we have talked about Blue Ridge 2022. We've already talked about Blue Ridge 2023. I was at Blue Ridge 2021 and had you know good times and well I've had some interesting times. We'll just put it that way. So when it came to that whole entire thing, when it came to getting you guys on the Blue Ridge line for 2022, how did that all come into play? How did that all happen? So that that was kind of an interesting story. Um, they had pretty much shut down auditions or, or like submissions, basically. And um, we had we had a contact that knew somebody that was a part of that festival, and we he didn't really like, get us in, but he opened the door, and he's like, "Hey, I know these guys. I I really think you could get them in here, like." just check out their music, you know, just, and they did. And they said, we'd love to have them. So the, it was kind of just one of those, the music did it for us really. And we still, you know, we made the trip and it's just one of those experiences. It's like even hard to put into words really, you know, it's like to, to be able to share the stage with bands you grew up on bands that are your current heroes and surreal like just surreal to say the least you know well i I can understand where it's hard to put into words but we're gonna try god damn it because well this is what it's all about especially wanting to hear the story because just thinking about that too where even when auditions had been shut down submissions had been completely done because you know they're getting to probably that point of the festival where everything has to be solidified and booked so that all the logistics for not only getting these bands here, knowing how much you have to pay each and every band, knowing what the vendor costs, me, everything that goes into putting a festival together has to be known up to a certain point in time. But then just to have all, you know, have a connection where your music is able to get into the ears of those people and then you get added on there. It just kind of adds to the whole entire idea identity with your music and adds to this inherent value that you know your music has us uh, enough strength and has enough pull to a point where you can it can be listened to by certain people and they can be instantly drawn to it and be able to do something about it to help you guys along similar to what happened with Blue Ridge. And yeah, and they think the craziest part about all of that too was um, basically when COVID happened, n- none of us knew what to do. We're just like, well, you know, what do we do? So I personally dove into recording and I learned kind of enough to be able to demo on my own and write my own songs to be able to send out to the guys and all that. And our drummer, um, he actually does all our mixing mastering. Um, we're completely self-produced. We do all of our own. We're basically a DIY. DIY um all around and that album dream state we wrote during covid and 
we spent probably a lot more time on that than we've spent on anything else because it was like, well, we had nothing else to do. So it was just like writing, refining, refining, perfecting. And I think there was a lot more emotion put into that album just from the current world, the state of the world, uh, circumstances, everything. Everybody was kind of like, it, I mean, you could speak for everybody. You know, it was, it was a hard time. And being able to have that as an outlet and then having that be the album that really was able to get us out there was just awesome. It was amazing. Now, that makes a lot of sense, too, as when it comes to producing that stuff, recording that stuff, and especially with you being able to put that all together so you can create those demos before saying off, you know, for mixing and mastering to another member of the band, full on DIY independent style during that time period, yeah, everyone was going through some stuff, but you guys had the time to really focus in on everything. You weren't constrained by certain dates or times where, you know, think about with different people that have uh, other bigger bands that have the like record contracts where it's like, we need to have an album done by this specific time period. And now it's like, you might get, you know, two or three songs in there that you are just absolutely gangbusters on, but then you still got to fill the rest of that album. And yeah. I also look at, you know, the classic sophomore slumps thing too, where, Bands, when they come out that first album, it's like, okay, this thing is might be fantastic. It might just be the best thing. It might be Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park, basically. But you got to remember, bands have been probably working on that album for years. All those songs had been produced and written and curated over the course of multiple years. And all of a sudden, you release it out there, and people are begging for a new album. You get signed to a label, and it's like, okay, now the next album has to come out in like two years. Well, now you got to put, you got to, and you're touring everything. You got to put all this together at some point, And that time constraint might end up causing the quality to suffer a little bit. Similar where that sophomore slump came in, like, but using Lincoln park might not have been the best example. Cause Meteora kicks a motherfucking. Yeah. Ass. Those, those guys are incredible. But seeing where it came from you guys, I mean, you guys had the time to be able to put that together, really be able to formulate your ideas, record, mix, master it all on your own. And again, adding to that vindication to the point where going back to Blue Ridge 2022, an album that you guys wrote yourself, mixed, mastered, produced yourself, put together yourself, market yourself, everything around there was able to get in the hands of a major U.S. music festival. And they were able to put you on their bill after they already stopped taking submissions. And what's what's really crazy, too, is, you know, um, before that, we were kind of in a like a weird slump just with everything going on. And I remember our drummer, he was like, we finished the album and we, you know, we're just sat there and listened to it together. And he goes, you know, I, I really hope this wasn't for nothing. And we, we our frontman Nate, he goes, well, let's, let's make sure it wasn't. And we basically booked our own tours, booked our own shows through that whole year. And just, we decided to basically do away with the whole traditional local band CD release show, you know, where you dump a bunch of money and resources and time into trying to bring as many people as you can in for one show um, that you probably spent a lot of money on to even book. And then it's like, okay, well that was that maybe a couple shows after. And then it kind of just duds again. We're like, no, we're going to, we're going to make this, we're going to get this out to as many people as we possibly can. And from the time it started at that year, ending it with Blue Ridge was absolutely a dream come true for everybody. See, I can see where you're coming from where it makes sense. So, you know, what you're, when, when Nate said where, you know, let's make this worth it. Let's not just let it be, you know, 
a thing that kind of flares up a little bit and then dies down kind of that local band setting. And that's just kind of the way that the music world works nowadays. And that's just the, the reality we have to live in, even economically, especially from your standpoint as a band. When it comes to any kind of money that you guys have to put into, into this project, put into anything in terms of producing, writing, recording, you know, touring, all the aspects that come into playing live shows, you have to be as efficient with your money as possible in order to maximize out the, the potential for this new for these new songs, for this new album to absolutely be able to have a chance to hit. So instead of focusing on, you know, the one local release show where you have a bunch of people showing up where it's like, yeah, you might have a lot of people show up and they're going to be excited. But these are also people that are going to be constantly listening to the band and have been listening to the band for quite a while. Of course, you do not want to alienate those people. You do not want to alienate the people that have been with you from the beginning, but you also want to have a chance to be able to branch out as well. So maybe you don't have the big hometown album release show. Maybe you just have it as a normal show and then you slowly start and you have more money to start going around to other places to per, you know perform, to be able to show your music off to the world and make it all the way out to freaking Virginia from Nevada. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and that's pretty much what we've done now is um, we're still doing shows in Reno. We're definitely not being like, oh, we will never play Reno. Like, obviously, we will always play Reno. Um, but, yeah, just trying to do the whole CD release show thing. We've done it. We've done it a bunch of times. And, you know, it'll have that initial boom. And then it's like, okay, well, I guess it's time to write another one now. And then nothing really like comes of it except, you know, the people you played for locally who are they you know that loved it and whatnot they're like very supportive and but it's like well you got to expand you got to get to these other people you got to push your music out as far as you can yeah because of course you know that core audience you do not want again i'm gonna say it again but that core audience that you've already built up the strong feverish audience that you already have for you that you've built up around your you know the hometowns of area of reno you don't want to forget about those people because those are the people that are feverishly going to be the ones that work to promote your stuff, that continue to you know reach out to other people and play them your music as well. Play the music of Preacher to other people so that they can get into it. However, if you want to grow, you're going to have to do things yourself as well. You're going to have to branch out. You're going to have to try harder to do other things. So when it comes to you know not focusing so heavily on you know we're going to do the album release show here, we're going to start going around all these other places to connect with you know all these different people, be able to bring the music to them. Now you're grasping you know at a much larger pool, while at the same time you're able to still connect with all of those core audiences when you get to still play a show in Reno or you know. They'll connect with you on social media. I can guarantee you they're going to be the ones that are commenting on all you guys' stuff. And yep. then you're able to be the ones to answer them back directly and create more of that personalized message and not just, you know, not just, okay, I'm going to pay, I'm just going to put this one emoji on there or just say thank you. No, you're able to actually connect with these people and still create and foster that relationship and foster that connection with your core fan base while continuing to, con you know, branch out to get to the point where, now, when you're playing shows, hopefully in the next, like, let's say five, six years, you guys are going out there and you're playing in front of like a thousand people and you're doing it in, you know, like Tennessee. You're yeah. not just that, like, not just like, okay, we're doing this in Nevada. And that's a no, no, no. I'm talking, you know, we're going further east. If you're doing it like Nashville in country city, USA, and you're playing in front of a thousand people, you're doing something right. Yep. When, you know, I, I would say our fan base, we, we couldn't consider them family. Um, they've got us so far. They've been so extremely supportive throughout the years. So we've been a band for about five years. Um, and a really good example of this was we had our, we got back from tour. Uh, it was a two week 
thing and our tour bus blew a head gasket. And with the type of motor and everything that it has, that's with labor, that's like a $5,500 or so expense. And we're like, well, I mean, we're, we're still going to make our shows happen because that's just how we are. We're going to take cars. We're going to eat it in gas. We're going to do what we got to do to make it work. But we, we decided, you know, well, why don't we give it a shot and try to see if we can maybe raise some money? And so we put a GoFundMe out there and it's already, I think we're over $3,700. And it just, that was so humbling for us. It's just like, wow, like we didn't realize how much people cared about what we're doing. And I feel like that really lit like an extra fire under our asses to do our best and just keep going with this. Well, when you were able to create that emotional connection to people, especially through your music, and of course, you know, we're all human. There's going to be things that happen where we need that kind of help. And just by putting out there, I know you guys probably, you know, do we put this out there just because our fans support us so much? Are we asking for a little bit too much at this point? Every band's going to have to, you know, wrestle with that. But seeing what else has happened in 2022, even into 2023, where with artists that have had stuff like that happen, they've created those GoFundMes, just seeing how, you know, the fans and the rest of the music scene have, you know, rallied around that in order to be able to support these bands and be able to help them out in their time of need so that they can continue to not only live their dreams and deliver on what they want to, you know, do in life, but also at the same time, keep making the music that provides us with all the happiness and joy in the world. And I mean, it happened early in 2022. It happened with silent planet when they flipped their, uh, when they flipped their van and their GoFundMe overreached its goal in like 17 hours. It happened with Crowbot when Crowbot, uh, when their trailer got stolen, it's happened with, it just happened with Thornhill when Thornhill basically had their whole entire like practice space raided and it's happening with hollow front too, after their little, uh, their crash in earlier in 2022 and all the medical expenses that are still coming through there. It's, it's something where people that really connect with your music, they're willing to help you out as much as they possibly can, because you, your music is providing them with such comfort, joy, and happiness where they don't want to, they don't want to lose out on that. And they want to make sure that you can continue to do that so that we can continue to support you. You continue to make the music that makes all of us, that makes you guys happy, makes us incredibly happy. And then it just keeps this like huge giant, like pot of positivity stirring and then it's good stuff. Oh yeah. And you know, it was one of those decisions too, where it's like, it's a hard decision to make to, to reach out for something like that. Cause you know, you don't want to feel like you're trying to get a handout or anything like that. And a lot of our financial resources were used last year, um, basically doing the whole touring thing and trying to get out there and doing that ourselves and not having really any help as far as the booking sides go and trying to get some guarantee every night and just trying to make it sustainable, really. And a lot of our financial resources were dumped into that. So this year it was like, well, we don't really have the resources to make that happen. So to see just such an outpour of support, it just really hit home, you know? It, it absolutely has hit home. And another aspect of that too is, you know, if when you're putting that stuff out there and you're putting out that you need help, it's also opening up more of like a vulnerability side, not only of yourself, mm-hmm. but the rest of the band as well. And even when pe- it's no matter what, psychologically, that always is going to be a thing that you have to get past when you're trying to do something like that. And 
if and when you guys were able to, you know, like, okay, well, we're gonna have to put let's put this out there, let's just see what happens. And the fans end up coming out and supporting you guys. I mean, that just like stands out really heavily to say, again, the positive connection, the positive impact that you guys are having on the people that come to your shows, the people that love your music, the positive impact you're having on their lives means so much to them that they're willing to help you out in your time of need. Exactly. And yeah, it's, it's just awesome. You know, we could go to support um, like a local show or something and a lot of our fans will be there. And it's just like running into a friend, running into a family member. It doesn't feel like there's like a separation. You know, I, I think when bands reach a certain level, um, I think a lot of people will get big heads about it and be like, Oh yeah, those are, those are our fans over there. You know, but like they, it just, it's like a, just an outing with family and friends. You know, we go support the local scene and everybody knows everybody and it's just nothing but good vibes. It's a great time. Well, kind of just jumping into that a little bit more when it comes to some of the larger bands that get out there, especially, I don't think it's necessarily that they get big heads. It's just with the amount of people that are there that like relate so closely to their music it's just a human bandwidth issue. Like you're not able mm-hmm. to connect with as many people at that amount of time because it's just, if you want to give everyone, you know, that like personal, like three or four minute conversation with them, what happens if you have a room of a thousand people that want to do that? If you yeah. get 4,000 minutes, that's more minutes that are in, that's like the two and a half days right there. So it's when, just, it's just not, like, it's it. just not possible. However, the key is is just being able to still be have that ability for your for the fans to be able to reach out, connect with you, and be able to show that connection for the ones that you know are still be able to come up to come up to. What you guys are doing in the lo- like in your scene right now, when it comes to going to support the local shows, you're still connecting with all the your fans because now they're able to see shows with you guys. They see you guys out there enjoying the music, but also with all the other bands that are around as well, they're seeing your support at the same time as well. Whether or not you're able to talk to them, you know, as much, you know, during like, not during the show, but like after the show or before the show, but the fact that they just see your presence there and the support that you're bringing there, like you're taking the time to come and see these other bands. That just adds so much more to the positivity of the music scene of the, like how you guys are, you know, also perceived by the fans, by other bands, fans, by other bands. Well, it's just, again, that pot of positivity just keeps stirring with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And then, I mean, on the other side of that coin too, it's like what you were saying, you know, you have a show to a thousand people. How are you going to have those four minute conversations with everybody? You can't. And I think that could also be interpreted the wrong way too. It's like, Oh, he didn't have time to talk to me. Well, it, it, it's not always like that either. Yeah, because I've had times where I've been like, I've had bands in the podcast for and I've wanted to talk to them, you know, after shows. And there are times where people are just lined up at the merch table and maybe there's other like, and maybe and they're there and they're, you know, talking to all these other people. And I always look at it as I'm going to be the one that's going to talk to them last. And it's not a thing where, oh, no, I'm going to get the most amount of time with them. No, it's just because I've had a chance to talk to him one-on-one beforehand. Everyone else might have the like this focus on like, I really want to talk to him. This is my one chance. I've already had that chance. That it's, That's fine. I, I, I totally understand it. Let other people have their chance as well. And when it's my turn, then it's my turn. And if I yes. don't get that chance, you know what? It happens. I get it. Maybe, you know, especially at the end of the show, maybe they had to pack up and go. Maybe, you know, you got to get to the next city. You got to get to the next town. You got to play the next day. You've got other obligations you have to put forward instead of just maybe talking to every single person. So can't take it personally at that point. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people don't necessarily see that other side of it too. It's like, well, I have a show that's 
eight hours away. We got to drive all night. And if we stay here too long, then we're, our health is going to suffer or we're going to be too tired or someone's going to make a mistake driving because they fell asleep on the at the wheel or something like that. And it's just, it, you got to take care of yourself on the road as well. Oh yeah. Cause I still remember this was, I went, when I, I got a chance, my one time I got to see uh caskets live because after their show, like I was talking with their drummer, their guitarist, we were talking a lot and it's like, okay, we're having fun. And I also want to talk to Matt, their singer as well. Cause he's been on the podcast twice. I had talked to him for maybe a minute and he's like, I just, I'd love to talk, but I got to rest my voice because They've been on tour, like they were halfway through the tour and they still had a whole nother half to go. Yeah. At that point, you know, I could have been like, oh, well, this is my only chance to talk to you in person right now. So I'm going to, you know, take this. No, 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 no. He's got like, like that's a job right there. Like, that's how you make your yeah. money. You know, to take, understand where these, where the other musicians, musicians are coming from, where the people that you really want to connect with are coming from. And just if they're, if, if you get any time, just be like, you know what? I got that time. But also understand that they've got other things they need to do as well, where they might want to get to you, but they just don't have the capacity to get to you at that point in time. Exactly. How was that, by the way? We're uh, big caskets fans in this band, so. Oh, oh my God! So that was they were that was the tour with uh, where they it was Dayseeker, Thornhill, Holding Absence, and Caskets. And Caskets is the opener, and I'm just like I kind of like I know what they sound like. This is gonna be fantastic. They sounded heavier live. It was wow, okay. it was much more powerful live, and I was just like, "Uh, what?" Awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, that's like a dream lineup right there, man. Oh dear God! Just the flow of the show was fantastic. It's a then you go to Holding Absence right afterwards, and it's just the flow from Castle Absence is absolutely perfect. Thornhill had their own like vibe too. That kind of was a kind of cool transition. And then Dayseeker just did all of uh, Sleep Talking. It was just that whole entire album. So I'm just like, this was a lot of fucking fun. Awesome. Yeah. And then every band that like at that show, every band was at the merch table afterwards. Every band was talking to as many people as possible. It was like that show itself was just the show where it was like you could clearly tell that every single member of each band truly cared about every single fan that was there. Very cool. Yeah, we saw we saw a little bit of Holding Absence's set. In, at Blue Ridge, which was phenomenal. And then uh, we went and caught Dayseeker in Vegas with, I think it was Devil Wears Prada. And I, I don't remember the other two, but it it was Dayseeker, like probably top five live bands I've ever seen. And then we went back to Reno and caught it again. So we Came as Romans was on there. And then uh, who's, I think it was, you said their name earlier, Hallfront. Okay. I think that was – I might be mixing yep. that up because we watched no. like four back-to-back shows that weekend. But I don't think – no, you didn't mix that, mix that up because that would have been 2021 with Hollow Front opening, then Dayseeker, then Devil Wears Prada, then We Came As yep. Romans because that was that the, was the Plant a Seed tour. And if you're wondering how I remember that, just take a look at the banner back there. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> – it's, it's a pretty clear indication that I was going to remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those guys too, man. They they crush it. So one more thing with Blue Ridge, and I'm a little curious about before going into something else. When it came to that set that you guys played at Blue Ridge 2022, not you know the bands that you saw, but your guys' set specifically, how did that all turn out? I've seen some of the smaller bands play Blue Ridge as well and some of those smaller stages, and I've seen some absolutely incredible things before. So how did it turn out for you guys? It was wild, man. Um, 
you know, we didn't have like a massive crowd or anything, but we definitely had people in the front and you could tell that people were watching kind of across the field. Um, what was also kind of funny was Spirit Box started their set 10 minutes into ours across the field. So there you, there was no, I mean, you, you could only expect so much from that. And we opened the show and we're like, hey, guys, we know Spirit Box is about to play, but hey, we got 10 minutes to win you over. Give us a shot. And some people did. And that was really cool. See, that's what you have to do in that situation. Because I've seen that happen before with a band from uh... – Virginia, they're called Seasons, when I saw them in 2021. They were calling people over during their set, and they're like, don't worry, guys, because the stage next to them, Wage War was going to go on. They're like, trust us, we're going to be done before Wage War comes on. Come over by us. This is during their sound check they're doing this. Yeah. They're calling people over, and I'm waiting. I'm like, there's like 300 people here, maybe. By the time their last song ended, everyone from the Wage War sh- uh, stage was over by them. So it was like 5,000 people had watched them like Jeez. this was fucking awesome. So I, I, again, I understand the handicap you guys kind of got put in there because if, especially with how big Spirit Box is, how big of a draw oh, yeah. they are. If you guys are going to have 10 minutes before Spirit Box goes on the, and they're going on the other side of the field as you, of course, there's going to be so many people that are going to go straight over to Spirit Box. So you had to make the most of that 10 minutes. And what did you guys do in those first 10 minutes to try and win the crowd over? Uh, you know, we just went as hard as we possibly could, man. I, I think we really gave that set our all and just tried to tried to win over as many people as we could. And the fact that as many people as we had gave us a shot, and that was awesome. And a lot of people came up after and were, you know, asking us to sign stuff and trying to meet us. And we're just like, wow, like what a response, man! Just just to even be there alone was a privilege, and we were just humbled and grateful to even be there so the fact that we even had people to come listen that was a that was awesome man and potentially win over some people that were gonna go see spirit box but then stayed till the end of your set i mean like that's just a win right there yeah and yeah you can't compete with spirit box so the fact that people even cared enough to give us a shot i can't ask for more than that man and then bringing the energy for the first 10 minutes going as hard as possible to try and win people over i mean you have to bring the energy of you know the same band that's in the namesake of the shirt you're wearing right now and if you're able to do that oh, then yeah amazing it's gonna work. <laughs> amazing band if you're able to bring caleb shomo like energy to your your set people are gonna respond <laughs> yeah it was funny um nate our vocalist he he climbed up on one of the one of the towers and he actually got shocked by one of the monitors like it wasn't grounded or anything and that he was actually bleeding from his shoulder after and he just kept going what yeah all right that is some like jason allen butler fever 333 type shit big fans of them too Well, because even diving deeper in your sound as well, when I was taking a look at like, you know, some of your sound, listen to it. And I looked at the for fans and I'm like, I see him like Devil Wears Prada, Fever 333, Beartooth, Pierce Bell. I'm just thinking, why does this make a lot of sense? And then when you, when you join and you're wearing a Beartooth shirt, I'm just like, okay, okay. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But when it came to, when it comes to the sound of Preacher, especially with those influences, like how did the sound all come together for you guys to create the core sound that is at the, you know, at the absolute heart of Preacher? How did that all come into play? 
Uh, so it's kind of interesting um, how we started this band. I was actually living in California for about six months, and I just happened to be coming into town that weekend. And Nate and I were still really good friends, and I've been friends with these guys for 15 years at this point. And um, he calls me, and he's like, hey, so our buddy is trying to like hook us up with this drummer producer. His name's Alan Terry. I was like, Oh, I know Alan. Like we, we used to play with him. It was, it was so long ago, you know, and um, we used to all basically be in other bands and play together growing up in the scene and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, he wants to have lunch and like potentially just talk and see where it goes. And he's, I was like, I know you're coming to town, but would you be interested in joining? I'm like, absolutely. So we, we met up at uh, BJ's Brewery, which is like brew house, just bar food type of thing, and just talked and had lunch. It turned out, I think it turned into about a three and a half hour lunch because we were just all vibing so well on everything. And um, we went to the car afterwards and we ended up having all these demos just for the last couple of years because none of us had been in bands for the last couple of years. And we just exchanged songs and we're like, yeah, this is what I've been working on. This is all the stuff I got. And um, our drummer, who he does all the recording, producing, all that stuff, he had a lot. And we're basically like, okay, well, <laughs> we have probably like 40 songs worth of material right here. Let's take one song. I'll take one song from you. You take one song from me. And we'll meet up for like a band practice or something and see where it goes. So we did, and we ended up actually writing and recording a song the first day we met, which it, it just uh, everything just came together so naturally. It was it wasn't there wasn't really a strain, you know, just one of those kind of like magical moments. And one of the things that we decided on from the very beginning was not to conform or constrain ourselves to a genre. It's like we like a lot of things. We like stuff from all the way to pop to all the way to death metal. So why why just do one thing? I, I feel like the reason that I guess you could classify us as metalcore is because that's kind of the closest thing you could lump it into. But I feel like the influences kind of span that whole genre, which I think is why I like metalcore so much is because it, it spans such a wide range of things and incorporates so many things from different types of music. But one thing we never wanted to do was be that band where it's like, okay, you had this album that everyone was really into. And then you go make the other one. And everyone's like, Oh, that band sold out. Oh, we don't like that. Oh, they're too heavy. Oh, they're too soft. Blah, blah, blah. We're always trying to make sure that whatever we're doing is nothing like what we did before. It's always going to be different. It's always going to be something new. It's always going to have different kind of influence. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be lighter. It's going to be maybe radio. And we we just love doing that. So that that's kind of how it all came to be. And we're just trying to keep expanding on that. And the more we're learning about producing, production, and we're learning to incorporate new sounds and new things. And it just kind of keeps evolving from there. I mean, the more you build up on that skill set, too, that you guys have when it comes to recording, mixing, mastering, producing, all that kind of stuff, you're going to be able to take even more of those influences that you have in there that aren't strictly, you know, you know, again, saying metalcore where it can be more expansive. You're not talking about, we're just the same generic metalcore band over and over mm -hmm. again. Cause you take a look at like some of your songs, you know, you're going to have different styles on there. Like live, laugh, lobotomy, right from the opening, having more of that electronic vibe to it. Cause when I first heard, it, I was just like, 
Okay, um, I know it's a metalcore on there, but where is this gonna go? And it's not, it's not like, oh my god, what are they doing here? It's where is this gonna go? It's being open, especially with metalcore. It's being open minded to the different sounds and styles that come in there, and how it goes into that heavier bass, that heavier core that so many bands are working with. Again, take a look at the scene right now. I mean. Bring Me the Horizon still is just, they can pull out a metalcore song anytime they want to and can create something absolutely crazy by mixing their style of metalcore from Sempraternal with baby metal and it absolutely works out. Bad Omen's evolving their their style, but still when they come out with something like Artificial Suicide, it still absolutely smacks every step of the fucking way. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of, listen to, like, listen to the band Avoid. It's just, oh, man, it's, it's like... It's 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 like it's like you snorted cocaine decided to play metalcore and it's just and I'm not talking about this this the energy is off the fucking walls because I love them oh, yeah. they're fantastic but it's just there's like you said there's so many different areas you can go into and with that core is branch out and so many bands have tried so many different things but there's so many other new things to try too putting in these different styles is putting these different influences into your music because you never know exactly where those influences are gonna take your sound sonically how it's going to relate to the emotion the sound of the song overall and then create this vast array of great work to the point where when you're releasing stuff you get to that point where it's like bring me the horizon where it's what is this next thing going to be how are they going to pull this off and it's not a question of how they're going to pull this off in terms of is it going to be successful or not it's how are they going to actually like succeed in this because we know it's going to be good but how is this going to be put together it's getting to that point and not being stuck in, you know, they came out with one good album and that's all we want to hear. We don't want anything yeah. else outside of it. Exactly. Grr, 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 grr. And yeah, and I think just that alone, like people can't put us in a, a thing where it's like, oh, you know, yeah, they used to be like real metal and now they're like pop. It's like, well, we had a song that was real metal and then real pop on the same album. So, and then I think the other benefit of that is just being versatile as far as like what bands we can play with what bands we can tour with because yeah if we wanted to go play a real heavy tour we could if we wanted to go play something more radio we could and we could gear our set towards that type of genre and be more i guess closer to the the fan base of said tour and kind of just kind of, I don't, I don't keep keep all doors open. Basically, we don't want to put ourselves in a box in any way. Oh, I, I totally can understand that because it's with your sound too. You want to be able to open and experiment and go go whatever way you know your mind wants you guys to go it because you're the ones that are making the music. It's it's what you want to portray as your you know whatever message you're trying to portray. How do we want this to sound sonically? It's all you guys that are making that decision, especially from the DIY perspective where you don't have other producers or other people that have, you know, influence in there. It's just the four of you guys and you guys are comfortable with stuff and you're creating this all on your own to the point where you can have that sound, you can have that set list where if you're opening for a band like Make Them Suffer, you can bring the heaviness so that you can match that kind of energy. Yeah. Or if you're opening for like Asking Alexandria, especially because they're playing more of the stuff that they have come out with since like their last three albums on tour, you can play more of that radio friendly crowd at the same time. It's kind of like taking a look at what, uh, can I take a look at From Ashes to New? Because like I've seen them open on tour for some absolute heavy bands. I've seen them go on tour with heavier bands in front of them and lighter bands in front of them as well. I've Now they're going on tour and they're going to be opening arenas for Shinedown and Three Days Grace. And it's just, you know, that actually works 
because their sound they can go much they can kind of go that softer route as well mm-hmm. and then the song they just came out with at the beginning of february like that's one of their hardest songs that come out with. it's like there's so much you can go off of and you can create that curated set with your style to fit whatever you know band you're also playing alongside and even if it's like a softer one too or like a more of a radio friendly one you can always sprinkle in the heaviness here and there because there's gonna be some fans in the crowd they're gonna just be like we need some heavy shit yeah me because i like the heavy shit <laughs> well yeah and it's funny like we at one point we opened for as lay dying so it was like <laughs> that was that was one of the first like bigger shows we got and that was like all of us were like no way like how do we even do that and um genre wise just with the mix of everything that we had it it seemed to go over really really well at that show and it was one of those crazy moments uh tim lambis has actually gave us a shout out on stage and we, we all looked at each other like did we actually did, did we hear that <laughs> and then you know we played we opened for chelsea grin and we we decided you know we're just gonna play our heaviest songs and take out all the singing parts and have them be screaming parts and so we just took all the singing out and we I, we did a similar thing we opened for uh black dahlia murder we're like, well, how do we even fit on this? Because none of our songs were like that. But we're like, well, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to play our heavy ones and cut out the singing because most of those people don't want to hear singing. And it, it worked out really good. And just having the ability to diversify yourself and not be afraid to make almost what I think some people might consider to be radical changes. Like, oh, you're not going to sing in any of these songs that you have singing in for this show. Stuff like that, you know, just being able to take a leap and see what benefits it might hold. See, that's something I'm actually kind of curious about. Not not the fact that, like, you guys were able to play, you know, open for As I Lay Dying and no one was recording when Tim Lampesis gave you guys a shout out because it would have been funny. I'm saying, we got it on video, yeah. Or, you know, Chelsea Grin, Black Dolimer, just to curate your set and you know create a live experience that the people in that crowd were not going to forget from you guys i can understand potentially where some of the detractors might come in from that saying you know now you're changing up your songs in live setting you're you're kind of like playing to what you're kind of you know you're kind of formulating your sound to that specific audience and it's kind of potentially ruining some of the integrity of the song in some people's minds however i take a look at it as again i'm going to use caskets as the example when i heard him do some of this some screams even while they were playing their sets, I'm like, this wasn't in the original. What is this? But <laughs> it's it's something that, you know, what you have to do in that moment is you are playing to a crowd in front of that's right in front of you. It's think about it like, you know, like professional wrestling. It's the crowd is going to be what dictates if it's a good show or not. If yep. they're into it, they're going to dictate that it's a good show. They're going to provide the energy. If you're not if you're if you're not, you know, on your game or if all of a sudden you're just not connecting right. That crowd has the ability to change that energy around to the point where it's just not going to be your best show. So what you guys were able to do in that time frame is, you know, the core of the song is still there. But just when we're singing, you know, we're going to make those sounds a little bit heavier to really fixate and curate towards the audience that we're working with. And at that point, you know, that crowd might really get into it, which it seems like they did. And they're not going to forget you guys going forward because they're going to say, that band went hard. They might check out some of your stuff and say they went hard on this, but wait a minute. I think during the show, they actually did those in unclean vocals. That's mm-hmm. very interesting. And all of a sudden, it, it adds just to the experience of when we get to see Preacher live, 
we're not, it, there's always going to be a wonderment of what's this live show going to bring to us? Are we going to get something that's going to be pulse pounding heavy? Are we going to get something that's going to be, you know, a bit more of the vibey radio style stuff? What set list are we going to get? What style of songs are we going to get? How is this going to all play out? That Those questions are going to be there, but it adds to just kind of the, uh, it adds to a little bit of a lore that you guys can come up with for the band at the same time. Mm-hmm. It kind of like brings um, a little bit of like mystery to it. And I th- that's, that's what we just want to keep it exciting. You know, we don't want to do the same thing every time. We don't want people to like, Oh yeah. Like they're going to do this one and this one, it's going to be like this. And then some people are like, well, I don't really like that. So I'm not going, you know? Oh, absolutely. Cause I'm even trying to think of like a good, exa- like just a good example that I've seen in the past where like a band I really wanted to see, there was a certain song I really wanted to hear, but they didn't play it based off of the, uh, like just based off of the crowd that was around for the show. I'm just trying to think of one that's on top of my head, but it's just one's not popping in my head. I know there was one that happened last year in 2022. I'm like, why the hell did they not play that? And then I realized, oh, wait. Oh, no, no, I remember. It was uh, when I saw Memphis May Fire, because I love okay. their song, The Old Me. And it, even though it was on an album that didn't really hit very well, I love that song. They've been playing it every, every time I'd seen them live up to that point. And then their headlining run, they didn't play, and I was like, "Oh man, why the hell didn't they play it?" I kind, of, you know, kind of would have fit the set. But I'm like, "Wait a minute!" They pretty much played every single bit off the new album, and then like the three or four songs they didn't play off the new album were their heavier songs. So, mm. yeah, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but, I mean, I guess that's kind of how we we try to do things as far as shows go and music goes. Um, it also keeps us not bored because we don't we don't want to do the same thing musically either. And just being able to come up with these like out of the box wild ideas that are they're just out there, you know, and everybody's like, what the hell is this even? And you're like, just give it a chance, try it. And then we do. And then it's, it morphs into something completely different by the end of it, because everybody's throwing their flair and everybody's throwing their ideas in. And um before I did like me and the drummer would do like primarily all of the writing. And then um, we later incorporate our guitar player, Chris, he joined. Um, it was, it's kind of funny cause he had helped from, with some of the songs from the very beginning. They were like old ideas that we had had together and stuff. And he's like, Hey, can we use these? Yeah, go ahead. So, and then I think our very first show, like our CD release show for the first album we did, he played it with us, but he wasn't technically in the band. So he's just kind of been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then we've been playing with him for 10 years already. And he's like, you know, I think, I think I'm ready to join. And then incorporating that element now, it's like everybody's contributing. Everybody's writing. Everybody has the ability to demo at home. So it's like when we're coming to the table, it's not like, oh, I have this riff. Let's let's mess with it. And sometimes we do, you know, sometimes we'll go in the room, we'll jam on it and it'll come organically. But then other times it's like, I I have like three quarters of a song. I don't know what to do with it. And then one of us will take it home and like put it together and be like, okay, well now it's a full song. What do you guys got? And it's just, it's so organic. And I don't know, writing with this band is a dream. It keeps it organically free, organically diverse, and it limits the potential for you guys to get tired and bored of the project as well. And there was something you said in there right at the beginning of that little a bit where 
it did peak something in my head and it was something about, you know, again, you guys don't want to get bored. You guys don't want to, you know, just get tired of your music. So you want to try a bunch of different things that you might be influenced by. You might be inspired by to create that sound that you're looking for on a specific song. And I saw a video recently from, uh, from Casey from the wonder years. Cause he's actually gonna be in the podcast oh, yeah. in a couple of weeks. And cause he also has a lot of artist coaching too. And he was talking about trying new things and it was just like, if you're going to try something new, try it twice. Like when it comes to music. And I kind of thought, and I watched the video and I kind of related to, I've seen, you know, like, like movies or videos where they do like, you know, like you go up and you like slap the bull on the back and you try and run away and out of the pen. Or it's like you poke the alligator and you try and run out without it chasing you. And it's like the first time you do it, nothing happens. Or the first one that goes, nothing happens because... It's like something new. No one is expecting it. No one knows how to react. No one is really ready. They're not ready for it in that time frame in terms of their mind because they're just, they weren't expecting it. There was no part of the plan that something like that sound was going to come out. But then you try it the second time. Now that like the ideas in people's minds, they're ready for something like that. So you try it a second time, all of a sudden say it doesn't work out. Well, you tried, you, you, you know, and you can always start, you can always go into something else. Now you can go to a different influence, a different idea that you guys had, but if it absolutely works, now you got something and you're, you're glad you tried because you didn't leave that idea. You know, you didn't leave that idea half-assed or like half done. It's like you, yeah. you got to 50%, but let's go the whole hundred to see if this idea is actually fully like fruitful in terms of curating it to our sound, the way we want it to sound uh, with that influence in our band. Does it work? Does it not work? You know, we'll try it once. We'll try it twice. If it doesn't work twice, maybe we'll move on to something else. But if it, maybe it didn't work twice, but you're like, I got a great idea around that idea. Roll with it. See what happens. You never, it's your music. Do with it what you wish. Yeah. And I think too, like just everybody learning how to do that stuff at home. Um, So fun fact in 2022, we actually made two EPs. Um, The other one's not out yet. So live, laugh, lobotomy is the first single off of this ep um in 2022 we started working with it's kind of like a business partnership with an artist development company called day development and they we've been kind of working with um their leader alan uh alan wheeler for a while before that he's been kind of opening some doors for us that we didn't necessarily have before and he gave us a deadline for this album and it was the first time where i was like we didn't have a self-imposed deadline which we had done uh before the album deadline called in 2020 that we actually gave ourselves a deadline it was very short which is where the name came from but um basically he was like okay this is going to be like the first release that you guys have that's going to be done through like um i guess a higher tier distribution and we need this album turned in. Um, I think it was August 5th was our deadline. And at, I think when he gave us that deadline, we had three weeks until that date. We had, I think, three songs demoed by then. And the rest wasn't even written yet. And we ended up being able to somehow pull it together and we turned it in on the deadline. And I think it's probably the best thing that we've done so far. And I'm really excited for that. Dystopia is actually going to be the second single off of that. Ooh. So you guys kind of work good under pressure then it seems like. 
And that, yeah, that was the first time we really had to like, well, we were basically forced to do that. And it was like, we, there was some 3 a.m. nights, you know, during the week with normal jobs and all that. And uh, just having the work ethic that these guys have in this band, we were able to pull it together and finish writing as we were recording. And I think it'll be really interesting to see if we have that situation come up in the future if we do decide to go with maybe a label or something at some point that we, we can do that if we need to. See that, that makes sense. I mean, you guys are learning more about yourselves as you go through that process as well. And once, you know, the new EP releases again, live, laugh, lobotomy is already out at the time of recording this dystopia is not out, but by the time you are able to listen to this podcast and really get into it, dystopia will be out at that point in time. So you guys can go check it out. And then just kind of see, you know, where this EP might potentially go, what you might end up hearing on it, and then get a taste of and get it for you guys, get a feel of, you know, what's the reception like of this? What are people thinking about this? What do we need to do in order to make sure that we get this EP out and these singles out to the masses for them to, you know, be able to sink their teeth into, get to listen to, get to enjoy and potentially build up on, you know, build up on our family, build that family up so that, you know, more people are wanting to listen to our music more people are wanting to share our music more people are talking about it we're able to connect with even more people in many different facets and just honestly have a good time with it and make the most out of it because those 3 a.m like nights where you know you're you're working on this stuff the work ethic is there but you're also make sure you got to know you know i might have to fall asleep for two hours and have to go to work the next day and put this all together does that absolutely you know sound terrible because now you're sacrificing potential things with health. You know, you never know what might happen. Yeah, it doesn't sound the best, but, but I have to put this but in there. When it is for something that you are so passionate about that you want to do in life and there is no stopping that passion, in the end, it's totally worth it because I think about the same way I think about concerts. What, what, when it comes to be like, you know, a week, a month, you know, two months later during that time period, what am I going to remember more? Either put in the work, maybe going to a show, having a blast and then going to work the next day or get enough sleep that night. Yep. I don't remember the nights I got enough sleep because they're just not eventful, man. I mean, you only live once and I know that's a corny saying, but it's true. And you could either wait your whole life until the opportunity comes knocking at your door, or you could wait your whole life for the opportunity that never comes, or you can make the opportunity. Absolutely. Make the most out of life. Maximize what we have in life. We only get one swing at this thing. Why would you try and bunt on it? You know, Mm-hmm. And I think out of anything that any of us have done musically ever in our whole lives, this has the biggest potential to make a career out of. And at this point, we're all in and we're not going to stop until there's no other option. Absolutely. Focus in, go full force on it, you know, basically have the motive. I have the power and just kick ass on it, you know, superhero style kind of shit, have that kind of energy going through there because when you have the passion for it, that energy is going to come through when you're working on this stuff. I mean, hell, when I'm doing these podcasts, if I have a bad day coming in here, all of a sudden I see the little icon come in the corner for Zoom that says whoever it is, my guest is, is ready to come into the podcast. My energy go might go from like, oh man, I'm kind of tired today. I'm just not feeling I had a look like five straight long nights. All of a sudden I click admit and here goes my energy. It's like, (laughs) so 
I totally can understand where you come from there. You know, you want to make the most out of this and you have to put in the work. You have to put in the efforts and put yourself in a position in order to be able to make that happen. Exactly. And I have to say, this is probably the coolest way that I've ever linked up with somebody to do a podcast. <laughs> just just like our uh, our buddy Zach from Dynasty Inc. You know, he uh, he came down to L.A. with us that weekend for the Whiskey Go-Go show. And he did this just amazing work for us, photos and video. And um, we had just recently posted a recap video he did. And it's, it's absolutely top tier. And it was just funny. He posted that picture. And then you guys had commented on it. And I was like, that that's probably the coolest way that we linked up. Yeah, I, I mean, I've had I've linked up with different bands doing that stuff as well. But it's it's always fun, too, just because, again, you just to kind of start already creating that camaraderie, creating that dynamic just from just from just from commenting on, you know, other band stuff at the same time, too, you know. You start to get a little more gas by it as well. You get to help out those bands well, just hitting the like button, hitting the comment button. I mean, there's only for someone that has no had no idea who you guys were before that post. I mean, like the least thing I could do would have been to support the band at that point in time would have been, you know, follow the band, like the post, maybe put a comment down there. But also with the comment too, it's like, you know, I'm not gonna just gonna put a comment there and go like good stuff or woohoo, that kind of or like an emoji that just goes like this. Nah, 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 nah. It's good stuff. I, I gotta, you gotta make the effort, man. And when it comes to you guys, especially when it comes to the people that you connect with, being able to get your music out there as well, being able to connect with the fans that way, having that family connection like that, you see how far it goes. And then we get to do stupid shit like this. This is awesome, man. I, I love doing this stuff. So one more thing before we wrap this thing up with Dystopia, again, going to be out by the time this releases. For all those that are, you know, raring, ready to go to go and listen to Dystopia right after this podcast, what can they expect on this track? I don't want to give it all away, but, you know, just want that little bit of teaser to the point where we're recording this. It still isn't out by the time we're recording this. And I want to be like, damn it, why haven't I heard it yet? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say, like, I know you said you're into the, the heavier type of music. I'm going to say this album is going to be probably up right up your alley. Um, I would say if if you could combine heavy with catchy and nasty that's that's what you can expect from this one it's taking it a whole different route than the last one live laugh lobotomy it's gonna kind of do a flip on you okay now i'm very curious about that because you're saying take live laugh lobotomy kind of flip it on me with heavy catchy and nasty all rolled into one Alrighty, so again, by the time everyone else is here in this episode, Dystopia will be out for you guys to go check it out. I will have already listened to it at that point, but the point of this conversation right now, as it's recording, I have not heard it yet, and I'm just like, what are I gonna wait, man? I wanna <laughs> listen to it now. I, I wanna I wanna I wanna see that live. I wanna go into the pit and go mashi mashi crazy crazy and have a good ass time doing it too. And if I end up getting knocked in the head and my head starts bleeding, it's just gonna be like worth it <laughs> you can definitely expect that from this song okay now that makes me feel really good <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give you a good warm-up for the mosh pit then yeah all right oh, yeah, let's guys. go i you love know, that thing you were talking about staying in mosh shape oh saying yeah saying mosh pit fit i think i may have started that during the thousand below episode that might have been the first time i said i'm like you know what that actually makes sense I'm just going to start using it now because I love going to mosh pits. 
oddly enough, after right after we're done recording this, I'm waiting for one of my friends to show up. We're going down to Chicago to see a show. And, of course, awesome. I'm going to be throwing around people there because that's what's fun. So, yay! Hell yeah. <laughs> well, Stan, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I'd like to do is give my guests, which is you and this chance or instance on this episode, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the episode. So, my friend, the floor is yours. All right. So, like Kevin was saying, we got Dystopia coming out February 17th. Um, we also have a GoFundMe. It's live till actually, I, I think this episode will be out after that. But if you happen to find us on social media, we'll have that going. Um, and then you could pretty much catch us on the road all year long. Um, we're getting ready to release a bunch of dates. You can expect that it'll be out by the time this episode's out. And the hope is that we're going to be on the East Coast again this year, maybe the Midwest, and you'll see us all over the place. So come say hi, say what's up, hang out, mosh it up, do your thing. Did you say the Midwest? Yes, sir. Yeah, alrighty. Now that makes me even happier so I can end this podcast in one, two, three very specific ways. I think I went one, two, three. Okay, let's try that again. One, two, three. First things first, when it comes to finding Preacher online, when it comes to being able to stream Dystopia, when it comes to being able to get into the music, when it comes to being able to watch the YouTube videos, when it comes to find on social media, buying some merch, all that stuff, because right now the other guys in the band, they're modeling merch right now. You know, getting good pictures, hopefully doing Derek Zoolander Blue Steel. <laughs> or Magnum. Oh, Either yeah. or, I'm hoping to see that at least. And you're probably hoping to see those pictures too. So you're going to want to follow on social media so that you can see what the merch looks like in blue steel and Magnum form and buy some for yourself. So what's the best way to do that? Go to the description of the podcast where it says Find Preacher Online. There will be labels for everything. There will be links for everything as well. So what you do is click the link. It'll take you right there. All you got to do is follow the band, You know, subscribe, share, listen, stream, buy, all that good stuff. I'm doing all the hard work for you. I'm Sherlock Holmes investigating this stuff. All you got to do is click and go. That's all you need to do. Now it's time for number two. So Stan, I know you saw the thousand below one, so you might know where this is going. Whenever I bring guests in the podcast that I tend to enjoy having the podcast, I tend to make a certain promise to say, one, thank you for your time. And secondly, I wish to continue to support the band in any way I can. This has happened every single time. This is continuing on with you, my friends. So when, that's the promise starts with when, because it's going to happen. We just don't know the day or time yet. When I get to see you perform live for the first time, I will look for you. I will find you. And first round's on me. Awesome. I got to do my better Liam Neeson impersonation for that one <laughs> next time I try. Hey, I, you had me there, man. It was, it was, I thought it was solid. I got to get a little, a little more raspy on that one. <laughs> but number three, as we bring this podcast inclusion, Stan, I cannot end this by saying goodbye because I'm going to continue to watch you guys, watch your guys' ascend, watch you guys, what happens with your music, listen to it, and see you guys at some point. And love to have you back on the podcast in the future as well. So this cannot Absolutely. be goodbye. That's way too final. So friend, this is, I'll see you later. Much love, my man. Well, folks, that was my interview with Stan from the band Preacher out of Nevada. Yes. Ooh, you like some metalcore, you're going to like that one. But before we close this episode, now it's time for Kevin's final thought. One thing that Stan said in there that really stood out to me was when he talked about their sets and their styles and what they're able to go with, what they did on sets, you know, that might have more of a, like a, a 
crowd that might be a little bit more of that radio rock friendly style or a crowd that might just love the heavy stuff like when they played before Chelsea Grin and the Black Dahlia murder and just kind of taking that idea and formulating it so that they can create this set and really make it so that they are impacting as much as possible the people that are in front of them. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking. I believe I did say this during the podcast where it might be like, oh, you're changing your sound. You're changing your sound just to curate to a certain audience on that song. You, you know, you might be um, playing into their hands or, you know, pandering them in a way. I would say, or potentially even really like the artistic integrity of the song. Not necessarily. Because again, this is a band. They can do whatever they want. And in, in the end of it, you know, what's going to matter is the people that they're in front of. The people that they're actually there to see the show live, the people that are there currently watching this whole entire thing, they're the ones that matter the most at that point in time. So when it comes to your songs, when it comes to your set, if you want to, you know, have some fun and make and kind of work around with your songs to make sure that they absolutely hit in the grandest capacity, absolutely, it makes a lot of sense because you never know what might happen. I've again, I've seen our friends in caskets do that, not necessarily to that extent where we're. You know, they took all the sounds and made them, you know, have just be screamy, screamy, but they added some unclean screams in there during the live set. It was something I was not expecting from caskets, but it was done so well where it impacted the live experience so heavily. I couldn't get enough. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And they're just going to keep doing stuff like that again and again. And I mean, the, the artistic integrity stands for itself. Not going to lie. So when it comes to preacher doing something like that, I mean, if they're going to go play with Chelsea Grin, I want it to go heavy as hell. I want to feel that passion. I want to feel that, you know, that energy come from them. And I'm pretty sure all the rest of the fans do as well. It's going to be something you're not going to want to miss out on. And I am totally okay with that. I'm totally into it. And this is a band that they don't want to be put into a box either. They're not going to be put in that box and they're going to keep rolling with it. So please, please, please make sure you're following along with Preacher online, social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, where you can watch these videos, where you can stream Dystopia because it's going to be out now for you guys to listen to. Go buy it. Go buy some merch they're working on during that podcast with the rest of the guys trying to do Blue Steel. Yeah, description of the podcast, say Fire Preacher online. Follow us online as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for your viewing pleasure. You know, you're going to be able to follow us along and connect with us in many different ways. Instagram live stream every single Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Central, if we're not doing a podcast. And just, you know, get even more short form of content. That you're, you know, you're just like, I want a little bit of uh, the podcast. Boom, go there. You can follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel right now because you can watch these podcasts. Or you can stream on Spotify, Podcast, I Heard Radio, and Amazon. Link description to the podcast. Also remember, Phoenix Fitness, 20% off and free shipping. Use code CPP20. Not free shipping, just 20% off. Use code CPP20 at checkout. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. I used to get messed up with the old Manscaped stuff. Thank you, Preacher. Can't wait to see you guys in the future. Bring it to the Midwest. And on that note, that's going to be for you guys. Thank you for watching the Car Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I am every single one. It's a big, healthy party. See you